Welcome to Getting Goosebumps, The Power of Storytelling, the weekly podcast helping you to craft stories that inspire, entertain, and convince. Each week, listen to leading industry experts, from top marketers and CEOs, to producers and writers from the entertainment industry. Learn how to elevate your brand message and spare your audience into action. Hello and welcome to Getting Goosebumps. This week, I'm talking to Brian Kramer. Brian is a renowned social media business strategist, global keynote speaker, executive coach, and best-selling author. He's one of the world's foremost leaders in the art and science of sharing. As you'll hear, Brian was the guy who originated the human-to-human business movement, which hit the marketing world like a tsunami a few years ago. With more than 350,000 social media fans and followers, Brian is both a practitioner and authority on the subject of social technologies and social behaviour. This was a fascinating conversation and I know you're going to get lots of food for thought from what Brian has to say. During a chat, Brian mentions a website he's involved in, but he gets the URL a little wrong. So you can find the site at www.sellstuffinyoursleep.com. So make sure you check that out. But for now, sit back, relax and listen to this. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good, and I'm really looking forward to um, to talking to you, to Brian. Um, and I've got to start with this. Um, you're the guy who said um, there's no B2B or B2C, it's human to human. Um, and I've been saying this, um, um, and Dave, my business partner, has been saying this for years, and it started with you, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. It, it, uh, we, we, we certainly... Uh... Uh, looked at all the data and and uh, figured out that that it was the impetus uh, behind w- one of the one of the times that I that I spoke about it was uh, was the time that there was an influx over all social media when um, when that happened. So yeah, yeah. so we can I, we can claim yes. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think that's one of those things that gets repeated so much. It's almost like. Um, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been going to sort of conferences for the last few years, and and there's always somebody who mentions start with why in Simon Sinek, and it's it's one of those things like yeah, okay, we get it now, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, it's one of those sort of derivative truths of of what we're all trying to achieve, though, isn't it? You know, can you can you give us a little bit of insight into sort of how you sort of came up with that and then sort of released it to the world, as it were? Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, we've been using it for, cause we have an agency, uh, we had an agency now it's a consultancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had an, an agency at the time that was, um, that had been using it for probably about 10 years and we, and we were using it with our clients mm-hmm. and it was really the basis for a lot of what we were doing inside of the, the organization. Um, and, and a lot of things had migrated over the years with, um, with you know what we were doing or what we were working on, but at the end of the day, it really was about speaking to the human, uh, speaking to the the customer on the other end, no matter what we were doing. And so that was kind of it. Kind of became our mantra. And um, and while I while that was while that was great, I also um, kind of in the later years of our agency started to get out and speak more, and um, and really started to enjoy that. And as I was speaking, I was talking about it and. Um, it it really started to resonate um, 
you know, with audiences. But at this one particular audience, um, there was a lot of social media people in the audience. And um, when I pulled it up on screen, they loved it so much uh, that they ended up taking pictures of it and tweeting it out. And that was uh, the, really the uh, um, the 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 it started it just from that point it went viral it went it got over 80 million impressions 80 million impressions (laughs) yeah and then it had over like you know uh, 15 at least 15 languages that had been translated into and um 2000 bloggers at least were writing about it we we were tracking all this through software and just blow everything was blowing up (laughs) and and we couldn't um we couldn't answer questions fast enough and we couldn't answer, you know, the, the, the tweets fast enough and, and really just, you know, keep up with it. It was like a stock ticker. And so, um, so we ended up, uh, sitting down and taking everything that we'd written since we'd been talking about it, thank God already, we, um, and writing about it, we just pulled everything together that, that I'd written for the last two years was all about that one theory, uh, that one thinking. And, and we pulled it into a, into a book and we launched that book within four days of that, um, that event. Within four days. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have, if if I didn't write about it previously. So it was really, you know, really important that I had, that we had that already. Otherwise there was no way it would come together. Wow, so, um, so we self-published it, and there's no way a publisher would let us get that onto, uh, you know, the bookshelves, you know, in that amount of time. So we ended up self-publishing it, and it ended up selling over. Now at this point, it sold almost fifteen thousand copies, wow. um, and it was it became a bestseller, and it, you know, did really well. So it, it was, it was, it was kind of a, um, you know, it was a, it was a wonderful thing that happened, kind of to us. Even though it was it was like planned unplanned, um, we didn't know how big it was going to get, but it was what we had been talking about. If that makes sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, that's that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, so the the talk that you did was that your TED talk, or did the TED talk come uh, as a result of that? The TED talk came as a result of that. Um, that um, that TED talk was a year, I think, later, maybe two years later. Wow. Okay. Now I'm forgetting, um, but it was after that. It was it was at least a year later, and it was um, the TED Talk had a piece of that in it. Um, it also had a larger part of um, my then new focus, which was around sharing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I had I had actually been writing another book when H to H happened, <laughs> and I I actually because H to H became a surprise baby, I set that book down and wrote H to H. And then um, a year later, I picked that new book up, and that was my my whole premise on sharing. But it ended up working out because um, sharing the the book Shareology is um, how um, how how we empower uh, how we empower humans to share. Mm-hmm. So um, so it really played well, uh, played better uh, the way that the babies were born, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, something like that comes along. You've got to ride that crest of the wave, I guess. You've got to see that through. And, you know, I, can't, I can only imagine what those four days were like. Like, oh, my God, you know, we, we've, we've got to move on this. I mean, that's a, a great example of of content going viral and just sort of just 
just going, right? I mean, that's that must have been incredible. Yeah, it was it was thrilling. It really changed my life, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, from that point on, I I was speaking in in more countries than I'd ever visited, and um, having just a incredible time. It, it really was a, a, a ble- just just felt really blessed for you know me, that having happened uh, to me. And at the same time, it was. Um, you know, it was also very challenging <laughs> too to keep up with it. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess you know, you've got that moment of wow, this is amazing. But then, of course, you've got the pressure of living up to the the sort of the hype, as it were. You know, so I can imagine you go on tour and you're you're doing a lot of a lot of conference talks, and you know, people are then asking you to explain in depth and that kind of stuff. So, you know, what uh, what what were your sort of key messages of of that theme? You know, how, how did you prepare talks, um, you know, and, and content to follow. It's a lot to live up to. Um, it was, it was fairly easy. Like I said, I had content and, and, and actually I'd already been speaking about the topic. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't new information to me. Mm-hmm. It was all already stuff I'd been speaking about. It was just that now I had a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, that part wasn't really too terrible. Um, the, the the one thing that that I'll say is that the audiences got bigger, um, and that was certainly something to get over. You know, I went from audiences of, you know, maybe a couple hundred at most to, um, you know, at one point I think it was like almost eight thousand. So it was it certainly um, it certainly got me a bigger audience, um, and that was that was thrilling and and also very <laughs> very. Uh, uh, challenging at the time, yeah. although I my my actual my degree is in uh, in in communications and speaking has been something that I've done all my life. But I don't think no matter how much you're prepared for it, it's it's still um, it's still a new new big challenge. So that was um, that was probably a bigger challenge was just to learn how to speak in front of bigger audiences. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. It's bizarre, actually, because the, the bigger the audience, for me, the easier it is. I find it more difficult to speak in front of 30 people because you're very aware, acutely aware that there's individuals staring at you, whereas, you know, yeah. you know, a few thousand people, it just all sort of blends into one. But but let's jump into it, Brian. I, I agree with you. I agree <laughs> with you. And the lights, when the lights are on, you can't even see them. So you feel like you're just talking to yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if uh, if if that if that carries on and you don't get any reaction and the audience is just quiet, that that things can change. But but we won't get into <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, right. Let's jump straight into it, Brian. Um, from a, a shareology point of view, I mean, that, what a fascinating word. Um, I'm interested to hear. You know, how do you explain the reason one piece of content goes viral, such as you know your H two H example, and others just just fall flat? I mean, you know. What's the silver bullet, or what are the key ingredients that you know people need to, um, you know, to build build on? Yeah, um, the the key ingredients for um, you, you said for H to H. Well, H to H is a good example of content that suddenly resonated to the point where it went viral and it spread like wildfire, you know, and other messages and other bits of content you know, can go out and literally you get crickets and nobody's interested. So, you know, what I'm interested to hear from, from your point of view, uh, from, you know, your expertise, what's the ingredient that ingredients that need to be poured into 
content or a message to make it, you know, shareable. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I actually give a keynote on exactly that topic. And um, this is kind of an old example, but uh, the ACL, uh, ALS, uh, Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty similar. It's probably the most um, understood. Um, There are other examples, too, like the bat... um, the bat kid in San Francisco, um, you know, went viral. They, this make a wish foundation made the bat kid, um, you know, uh, uh, his last day, they made him Batman and then followed him throughout San Francisco. And that went, that went nuts. The whole city came out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it blocked off, blocked off the whole city and did all kinds of incredible stuff. Um, so all these, there's all these different, um, examples of these things that that have gone viral and everyone says well i want to go viral (laughs) and (laughs) and if everyone was going viral i think we would have a problem first of all because um i i think i would probably stay indoors at that point that would be uh, that would be hard but um but you know so it's that to that point it's not it's not a light switch obviously that you can turn on but um, and there's hard work that goes into it, or it's something that you build the ingredients for, and and um, and and wait and see if those ingredients are going to take if it's going to resonate with the audience, right? Sometimes it just doesn't resonate. Um, but you know, when you look at each of those examples, they really have a few key elements. One of one of that is, one of them is um, you know simplicity. Um, simplicity is is like the ultimate key, and I see people over um either oversimplifying or confusing the audience with the message uh-huh. when you think about um things like the tipping point or you think about um like you said simon sinek's um start with the why yeah. or you think about um uh the a the ice bucket challenge uh where your job is simply to put a bucket of ice over your head that's it <laughs> it's that simple and then, and then you have to tag three friends and they will do the same thing. And we're going to create awareness over this. And if you don't do it, then you're going to pay whatever it is, a hundred bucks. So the, each thing is so simple that, um, that it, it, um, it makes perfect sense. So the, the, that's the first thing, find simplicity in whatever it is that you're doing and share that. Um, number two is you have to, you have to make it, um, shareable. Um, when, when you, when you, uh, when anything is like the ice bucket challenge, if you didn't pour the bucket over your, or sorry, when you poured the ice over your head, you had to tag three friends. That's the key element to making that go viral. Um, because now those three friends are challenged to do the same thing or they pay a hundred dollars each. Of course, they're going to do the ice bucket challenge because that's just fun. (laughs) Who's not going to do that? Um, so, so there's, there's that, um, then the, the, uh, the other thing is, um, just basically understanding, um, who your, your audience is. And this is the hardest part of the, I think the three, um, and this is where I think a lot of people or companies get it wrong. They, they over, um, they, they don't target to the right audience. They don't know their, uh, avatar or their, um, you know, the right, uh, the right person they're trying to reach to. Yeah. The persona. Um, what's that? The persona or market. Yeah. Yeah. Or persona. Yeah. Right. And you know, you see this a lot in like Facebook ads. Like, have you ever gotten a Facebook ad where you're looking at it and you're like, 
I don't really wear lingerie. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure why I would why I would do that. Yeah, and well, how do they know, know I wear lingerie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. They just they're it's it's totally off, and 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 that's because there's lazy marketers, yeah. and um and those those marketers are targeting like when they go to choose audience. They choose. They didn't choose women only. Now maybe they did that on purpose because some men like to wear lingerie, um, but not everyone. Let's just uh, you know, it's it's there is a majority there. Let's you know, and and anyway, the, I'm I'm choosing a <laughs> obviously very risky, um, you know, kind of product. But you have to understand who your audience is and how you're going to target them. Um, and and do that right. And so if you think you're going to blitz the world, and most people don't have a lot of money, right? Now, most companies, even big companies say they don't have enough budget. I um, Like large, large companies are always looking for larger larger amounts of budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter how much your budget is, you're, you'll never have enough unless you're like Apple. Mm-hmm. So you're going to look for the needles in the haystack, the right audience, the right avatar, the right persona, and really get that, that, um, that persona right. Um, and in your targeting of your, of your, uh, now it's ads. Cause now, now you can't, um, things can't just go viral like they could like five years ago. Cause people aren't going to see it. Facebook has made it so that, um, you have to pay to play. Uh, Twitter is harder to work with. LinkedIn is getting algorithm uh, an algorithm as well. Mm-hmm. So so really the world has become this pay to play. And if you want to go viral, you're going to have to use dollars to make that happen, which means targeting and understanding your avatar. So those are the three main ingredients, the big ones. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things in between. And this could be like an hour long show about, you know, the creative <laughs> and yeah. You know, the, the, the look and feel and like all that other stuff. And that all really matters too. But if you get those three down, then those should become easier. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm interested in your take on the sort of the emotional aspect of these messages. And I think Bat Kid and uh, the ALS, the Ice Bucket Challenge, are really good examples. Because obviously, the sort of empathy and the sheer sort of lump in your throat sort of bit of, of Bat Kid you know, passing on that content to somebody else so they then experience that same emotion, that's easily understood. And I think um, with ALS, the thrill of seeing the reaction of ice water hit somebody's skin and going, you know, I I certainly, that's an experiential sort of thing. That's what I remember of, of pouring a stupid big bucket of cold water all over my head. You know, what what do you... Um, how much value um, do you place on on that, Brian? And have you got any advice on how to use um, the power of emotion and storytelling within those tactics that you've just really clearly articulated? Because you know it is a bit of a rich tapestry, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Um, so there's there are six emotional styles, and and the emotions are huge in what we're talking about Mm -hmm. if you don't tap into emotion then you're you're certainly a robot um this is and we're we're you know you're of another planet or you're a robot but this emotion is something that um that drives everything that we do and and um the so the six emotions as uh classified by paul ekman um, he did a study on 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 this, and and uh, there's six major emotions. There's a lot of emotions in between. It's kind of like colors, mm-hmm. but um, 
But the six major buckets are fear, anger, sadness, disgust, joy, and surprise. And um, and and there's you if you if you look them up if you do a, a search for Paul Ekman um, for his emotional um, uh, research or, or study, you'll see that that he has written it's it's like 25 page paper on on this stuff and it's really incredible to see how each um each emotion um gets gets the audience really or gets the other person the 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 person who's listening to any story to um to work with um work with that emotion or how do they respond to that emotion so like fear the function of fear is to get us out of dangerous situations or or into them um, so many people who are simply not on social media because they see social as an intrusion and fear the repercussions of being social. So I predict that this will change over time as millennials grow up with a new set of social barriers mm-hmm. moving forward because they're getting more and more used to uh, to uh, using. You know, we have we have now we have an era of kids, digital natives that have never not had an iPad in their in their hands or yeah. a phone in their hands. Yeah. So that's going to change. Anger is an emotional response related to one, you know, a psychological interpretation of, you know, being threatened. So some people are simply waiting on the sidelines to argue. They're they're ready and waiting. Um, and this is this is what you see in haters or trolls. Um, anger is offer often it's one sided. So unless it's accepted by both part both people, um, it's an endless <laughs> it's an endless uh, you know. Um, quagmire of of opinion slinging with somebody who's who's a hater or a troll and they're often only ending by uh out fatiguing the other person um and so that's their that's their um their promise if you will uh the next one sadness this is an emotional pain associated with or uh with feelings of disadvantage loss despair helplessness sorrow and in our everyday lives, uh, bad things do happen to us, right? So these experiences are often um, and typically drawn uh, drawn an amazing support system around people. So you can see how sadness, um, you know, pulls people might pull people in and and get that support group from your family or friends. Um, disgust is an emotional, another emotional response of revulsion to something considered offensive or unpleasant. And joy is, you know, something to indicate that we've done or witnessed something that's, um, you know, that's a well that's that's encouraging others to aspire to greatness and in, in our future. And then surprise is my favorite. And unfortunately, it's my wife's favorite because she likes to surprise me all the time <laughs> um, and, and jump out behind things and oh, yell surprise. I hate um, surprises. <laughs> And and this is ten, this is uh, you know something that's obviously it's unexpected um, has occurred to, and you know we have to deal with it <laughs> we have to you know face the the immediacy of that surprise and so these are the six basic emotions that we we receive as humans now the the um, in the sharing atmosphere it's interesting and 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 documented that when when you share with one of these emotions the person. Um, the, pe- the people on the other end, like on a social platform, will will uh, most likely reciprocate with that same exact emotion. And what that means is that um, if you share with joy, they will respond with joy. If you share with surprise, they will be just as surprised along with you. Um, so so um, so one emotion equates to the response of that same emotion. And I say that most of the time because the one area that 
it won't happen is in um, the one where we talked about uh, um, the trolls and the the haters. Yeah. Uh, that you, like I said, they're gonna out they're gonna outlast you on just about everything. Uh, so. <laughs> So that that's kind of that's how how um, I think emotions plays into it. That's how emotions played into uh, the Bat Kid and played in and really worked well for um, um, you know the ALS challenge. Um, it's not something that you try for. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of what happens. Uh, that said, you can understanding it. You can you can kind of uh, choose which emotion are you trying to evoke. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and do it in an authentic standpoint. And if it's authentic and it equates to the right emotion, you're probably going to have a higher likelihood of going viral. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, as soon as people have got their head around, OK, I need to evoke an emotion. Um, the next challenge then is, well, OK, how do I how do I point it in the right direction? So it's purpose. It's a purpose told story or it's purpose driven content to get the action that you're looking for um you know and, and you talk about um celebrating human imperfections and why it's better to be the underdog so i guess it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on taking the the raw ingredients of human emotion um and putting it into context uh you know a, a scene a scenario a situation in order to start to get the the right reaction or action out of an audience, is there a, a formula for that, or is there any any tips you can share with us for getting an action out for um, for getting the reaction that you want? Yeah, so you know, if 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 I tell an emotional story on behalf of a brand because I want to sell more running shoes, you know, at the end of that story, I don't want someone just to cry or jump for joy. I want them to click the link and buy some shoes, right? You know, and that's. You know, yeah, for me, that's sort of a purpose-told story where it might resonate with an audience uh, in order to, to get an action. Is 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 there any sort of yeah. formula there or tips you can share? Well, I mean, the, uh, it depends what medium to, to be to be honest, because you know, I would tell a story differently on on you tell a story differently on every medium. So, um, so you know, if we're talking about social media, you tell a story differently on Facebook versus Twitter uh, by by just simply because of the size and the amount of words that you get. Um, and you tell a different story on LinkedIn versus Facebook because it one's totally business versus, you know, a little more personal. Um, so first and foremost, and, and email is, excuse me, email is another one uh, where you have a little bit more intimacy because you're talking directly at a person. So, um, so, so my goal is to get everyone uh, down to an email where I can have a much more human conversation. Um, it's just between me and that person. While it is going to thirty thousand other people, um, that's not that to to them. It's it's me and and that person. There's if they reply, they can't reply to all. Um, it's a reply to me, and we have a dialogue between the two of us. So to me. Um, Email is the most human to human of all the platforms, hmm, um, and so uh, so my goal is to tell a story that gets us into a conversation over email. Um, whether it's a story on Twitter or a story on Facebook or a story on LinkedIn, um, it's to get us uh, back to something I can offer them back on my my own site on my own home ground 
to where they feel trust and 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 a, and a way of a feeling of connection that they will trust me with their email address so that I can then start to have that conversation with them so that we can eventually get into that dialogue. Um, that's that is the I think the story that needs to happen most and where people are are breaking down is they're expecting a a conversation to go on. Um, live on forever when they when sometimes you will get a response and you should get a response on Twitter or on Facebook or on wherever it's not um, it's not um, it's not deep it's not um, it's not going to carry you into um, us you know uh, an action uh, whether it's a sale or a um, a relationship or um, or or any number of actions that you're trying to take um, having somebody help you with your nonprofit whatever it is so, so it really becomes about that story. Now, to circle back and talk about what, how to tell that story, that the original question that you asked, um, I don't think that you're. I think the story happens um, happens in better in long form content, uh, in blogging, in emails, in things where you don't have a character limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that story starts with um, with with the challenge. Um, and it, it can be very simple. It starts with the challenge and then it goes through um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the, the challenge that you have and then the, the piece of um, what your, how your approach, how you're going to approach this and then what the solution was. And then I'd like to teach this to you. So click here. Um, if you follow that really simple formula, it can that's that's really what people are looking for. They're looking for the the how did you face this? So, for instance, in in my if you look at my TED talk, um, my TED talk talk starts out with how how I had this um, agency that was doing so well. They were um, thriving. We were making so much money. the The company was doing well. The people were doing well. The employees were doing well. We had a great clients, and yet I was unhappy. I couldn't. I, I felt like I had no place in my own agency. Can you imagine owning your own company and not having a place in your own company? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so you, when you tell the story that way, and quite frankly, that really is true. That's not, that's not an untruth. I actually really was unhappy. I really did go to my wife and say, I really would like to get out of the company. I don't feel like I'm contributing back to the company. I've managed to delegate everything off to everyone else. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I hate just sitting here. This isn't my personality. It's not what I like to do. Um, so we turn that then in, well, she, she then said to me, well, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) (laughs) And I had to turn myself around and I found through content, actually a new level of, um, and teaching. So content and teaching became my, 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 um, my, my new focus. And I started to interview people and I'd interview uh, it, it actually started out very simple, but it ended up with uh, me interviewing all these CEOs and CMOs and VPs and and all these um, well C level people in Silicon Valley and across even um, right right up to uh, Ted Turner from the CNN network, and and I had all these people that I was interviewing on camera and I was having such a blast learning from them while, while I was sitting there interviewing them. I did I forgot it. We were on camera and I'd just ask some questions about how they got past something or how they did something or how did you move on when you were in this place? Just like I was at that moment. And they started to teach me little did I know we were on, well, I did know, but I forgot that we were on camera 
And um, and the camera was capturing all this, which then enabled us to reshare it out for everyone else. And that that story of not only my how did I get out of this, but documenting me going and asking them, how did you get through this so that others could learn as well, started to really bring a new essence to my own career. And from that point on, it really changed. That's when my social media grew, uh, follower following grew and like my connections grew and then my HTH book happened and then the TED talk happened and it all happened from me going out and asking people questions and oh yeah, there was a camera. <laughs> so when you explain it in that order, when I tell you that story in that order, I explained um, what, what the challenge was up front, what I was facing and then how did I overcome it? And now I want to teach you how to do this. Click here. Well, you know, it's really interesting because uh, I interviewed a, a screenwriter um, just the other day, and they were talking about giving the consequence up front when they write a, a screenplay, and then that captures your attention, and then the story unfolds explaining how you get there, and it's like, wow, it made so much sense. And what you just described is exactly the same thing, <clears throat> you know? Um, it's fascinating. So... So Brian, you know you've you've done the H two H, you've done shareology, um, you've gone on this incredible sort of personal journey. What's what's next for you? Nothing. Um, that's it. <laughs> we drop the mic. We finish with this podcast interview, and it does it just doesn't get better from here. Basically, no. Um, yeah, I'm going to get some breakfast, and that'll be that. <laughs> what are you? So, what, your what interview you? is it. That's it. That's, I'm done after that. So, um, so I, uh, I, I love. Like I said before, I love teaching, and so that's my big. That's my my focus right now. I'm launching my biggest course ever. Um, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but it's, it's launching, um, actually next week. And, um, so, so the, uh, course is, is really, I'm teaching people how to, um, sell stuff in their sleep and still be human. And, um, and I think that, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of different, um, people out there, uh, gurus. And I say that in air quotes, <laughs> yeah. That, that are that are promising um, millions of dollars in in sell and in, in doing um, you know what's called funnel marketing mm -hmm. um, and and how to build your funnel and make millions of dollars and I think it's a lot of it is snake oil and a lot of it is um, you know took a really a lot of hard work for that to work for those people and they're kind of jumping past the hard work and selling the 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 easy solution. And, um, and, and I, and I, so I, I basically have taken the last few years and I've reverse engineered the, the sales funnel and, and I've also taken a look at it in, in terms of how we can humanize it. Um, so a lot, you know, it's not just all automation. There really is engagement and, um, and humans behind it that, that would like to talk with, you know, you to understand the offer, or understand the, the, the lesson or whatever it is. And so there's different, there's these different touch points to do that. And so I, I, I basically am integrating the two, everything that I've learned, but from both the human side of um, everything we just kind of went over, but also the technology behind it too. Like how do you humanize through technology? Um, even like humanizing chat bots, right? Um, how do you, can you humanize a chat bot and, and how do you do it so that it's not, um, it, it, it doesn't come across like a typical chat bot. 
um, which you so I, that could be a whole another podcast. But there's I have a whole theory on how how you can't humanize a chatbot and what you need to do with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, so, it, I think that does sound like a, a part a part two. If uh, if you were up for it, Brian, and so that comes out next week. Um, so just just before before we wrap up, then Brian, could you tell us? how people can find more out about you, look out for your your course. And then is, is there anything else you want to draw our audience's attention to or leave us with? Yeah, um, anything to look out for. If you want, if you're, well, there's, there's a, we have our H to H club and they, the club is, is like having your own personal CMO. Um, anyone that is, that wants, uh, you know, direct, uh, direct engagement from either Courtney, um, my wife, my wife and I have owned our business together for, uh, almost 19 years now. Cool. And so, um, and she actually helped me edit my books and she's uh, written her own book and she's, uh, she's, she is just an incredible marketer. So she and I, um, obviously I'm, I, <laughs> I like what she does, but, uh, <laughs> But she, she and I um, uh, really run um, everything together. And so this, the H to H club, which is at hhclub.com, uh, that's number two. So H two number uh, numeral two. Um, you you can go in, sign up, and you get you get master classes from you know Steve Dotto on how to build your YouTube page and get you know over a thousand followers. Or we have. Uh, next month is email uh, automation. How do you how do you build your email automation? Um, we've got different uh, themes every month, and we have our, an archive of several, uh, over a year's worth of master classes. We have hot seats where we coach people on a on a hot seat um, in front of everyone else. There obviously it's under a cone of silence, but we actually uh, consult them uh, and their business live and yeah. tell them how to how to get it better. Um, and, and so we have all these things going on and then you can reach out 24 seven and get an answer to any question about your business, um, as well. So we've, we have human contact right throughout the whole thing. Of course, we wouldn't be the HH club if we weren't. So (laughs) anyway, that's another way that you can, you can, your audience can connect with us at hhclub.com and sign up for, you know, uh, for that you can do a month to month, just try it for one month and see what you see what you like. But I guarantee once you get into the Facebook group and see the people, you're going to love it because these, these people are like friends, they become friends offline and actually visited each other. And they, it's like beyond what we've grown there. So it's really cool. Wow, so that's, that's another one. I, I would say HDH Club is a great way to get involved if you want to start out. Or next week, my um, uh, my course, which will be at uh, sellinyoursleep.com, sellinyoursleep.com, and then um, and then otherwise, you can reach me at Twitter at Brian Kramer, Brian with a Y, or BrianKramer.com, or email me Brian at BrianKramer.com. Wow, fantastic! I tell you what, sellinyoursleep.com. What a cool URL that is. Yeah, can you believe it? No, I could I looked it up yeah. and I was like, uh, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm buying it right now. <laughs> I bet. Wow, Brian, that's been um, a whirlwind conversation. I just feel like you've packed in so many sort of practical tips for, for people to just go away and use. And, um, you know, it certainly sounds like that, that community is, is definitely worth taking a look at. I'll put all of that stuff in, uh, in the show notes uh, as well. But um, but thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today, Brian. Oh, you bet. This has been great, and I'm looking forward to um, to doing any any number of these that you'd like to do in the future, and, and connecting with you more. Brilliant, brilliant. Because I think uh, a follow up would be cool once the um, 
once your course comes out uh, next week and has a few months to, to gain traction. Oh, that'd be fun. Cool, cool. Well, fantastic. Well, that's all we've got for uh, another week, everyone. Um, join me next time for more pearls of story-based wisdom from another storytelling expert.